0: This episode of the Peace on Drugs podcast is brought to you by Adderall. Adderall trying to get my schoolwork done, but it's all so fucking boring. I cannot focus, think I'll watch TV instead.
1: Have you tried Adderall?
0: Nah, but I'll try anything if it helps me study. Professor said we chapters one through four When I got done, I lit three more I quizzed myself, then I made flashcards Instead of sleeping, I wrote an essay on something What was I doing? Hey Meg, you got another of those? Adderalls?
1: No, I'm all out. Just go to your doctor. Tell him I have ADD. Now I'm on 40 milligrams
0: a day Nothing can stop me of getting my way. No, I don't need food and to hell with sleep. I'm gonna get my PhD on Adderall. 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 Okay, my guest today is my wife, Megan Rose. And I usually have a reason for picking a fake sponsor in relation to my guest, but Meg's never been into Adderall. I had a prescription a while back, and over time, it actually made me feel like I was going insane, so I flushed them. Now, some people swear by it, and I'm not going to judge or tell anyone what drugs are right or wrong for them, but my personal opinion, from my experience, is that Adderall is not the healthiest substance. Um, you know, i found that, for me, uh, like even microdosing mushrooms uh, has a better effect on some of the uh, things I was searching for in Adderall, but more importantly, exercising and meditating have fixed most of my problems with focusing and being driven. Uh, you know, the things that led me to seek a prescription from my doctor in the first place. So um, so this ad was really just something funny, and I don't mean to make light of the topics of, uh, topic of drugs, which um, is my podcast, but I think these funny ads can bring some levity and entertainment value, which could turn more people on to this serious cause. Uh, this week, I just figured since my wife is my guest, um, and since we're both musicians together, that we could do a fake commercial with her being a part of it. So I picked uh, just one of the ideas that I had and that I wanted her help on. Um, so my wife, Megan Rose, is my guest today, as I said. And um, she was my guest for two reasons, and none of which are that I didn't have a guest and I just needed her to fill in. I actually think having her on will, uh, will give my listeners some insight into my life and how I live. Also, uh, we recorded an episode a while back, really just for fun, and we realized we both uh, we both sound a little drunk. And um, Meg Meg has actually came clean about her alcoholism since, and she's stopped drinking completely. And as I've I've almost stopped drinking completely. I still drink occasionally, but not as much, not nearly as much. Um, But this podcast is about alcoholism. So we we originally planned on releasing the first one that we were drunk on because we thought it was still kind of a a good episode. We were just a little drunk. But after trying to edit it, we realized um, listening to it was like pulling teeth, like both of us. We're taking ridiculous amounts of time to make a point or to get to the point. You know, we're just drunk. So we decided to scrap it. But um, only after we recorded this one, you're about to hear. So you'll hear us mention a few times the first one as if you've already heard it. But again, don't be confused by that. You didn't miss it. We never released it. So this, is a, this podcast today is a three-part podcast. It was recorded in short segments over Meg's period of alcohol withdrawals while she was uh, on the doctor-prescribed drug Librium. Which helps alcohol withdrawals, and um, she hopes to bring some, you know, some information to people who may be going through alcohol, um, you know, problems with alcohol themselves, and they may not know that there is drugs like Librium out there, and that it is not you don't necessarily have to go to rehab; you can go to your physician, and they can help you with these things, as she did. Um, but she's feeling very um, trepidatious about all this, and um, I'm so proud of her for quitting drinking and for being brave enough to tell her story. So since this recording, she's now 30 days sober, and since this recording, she has found that medical cannabis is something she can enjoy, and um, now she actually has her medical marijuana card, because in in this podcast, she talks a few times about she wishes that she enjoyed marijuana, she just doesn't, but she has found a strain she likes. She likes a low dose of indica and helps her relax at night, and it's such a healthier substitute for alcohol, if you're not going to drink alcohol, but if you want something to just kind of relax with, it's definitely a better choice. So a big hand to her for beating alcohol and for being open about it. I'm so proud of her. And um, um, I also, because this is about alcohol, I wanted to point out something that I remember reading in um, Chasing the Scream, a book I mention all the time. So I actually pulled out the book and and found it, and um, just to kind of put alcohol and the war on drugs into perspective. So I'm actually going to read an excerpt straight from Johan Hari's book. Um, So he says... um, It was about a study, he said, Professor David Nutt, the former chief scientific advisor to the British government on drugs, published a study in The Lancet, Britain's leading medical journal. Going through every recreational drug and calculating how likely it was to harm you and to cause you to harm other people, he found that one drug was quite far ahead of all the others. It had a harm score of 72 The next most harmful drug was heroin, and it had a harm score of 55, just ahead of crack at 54, and methamphetamine at 32. It wasn't even close. The most harmful drug was alcohol. So, I mean, honestly, that should blow your mind and make anyone rethink the whole drug paradigm. Um, So we're going to get into this, but uh, one last thing, do me a favor. Subscribe to my YouTube page The Peace on Drugs Podcast Um, Also follow me on Twitter The Peace on Drugs Podcast And um, if you want to listen to some of the music Me and Megan create Go to my SoundCloud right now We're we're working on uh, an album that we're hoping to have out By the end of the year We'll be on iTunes But for now I just have a SoundCloud account So just go to SoundCloud Look up Aaron A-A-R-O-N Last name Akulis A-K-U-L-I-S And um, we have a bunch of songs on there Some of them are from me and Meg's project some are from bands that we were working on they're just kind of a different collection of music but if you wanted to just kind of hear what we're doing you can check that out and again thanks for listening to the podcast and here's Megan Rose my wife
1: America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug drugs abuse. are
0: menacing our society you thoughts on the drug problem
1: I had a great time doing drugs
0: so tonight from our family to yours from our home to yours Thank you for joining us. This is the piece on drugs. on drugs. All right, I'm here today. Very special guest, my wife. Hello. Megan Rose. What we're doing, we're going sober. hmm And um, it all, this, this, we're going to bring it back, though, to, the, to alcoholism and how it's affected our lives for just a little bit. Uh, it started with you when you were how old?
1: I, I was... Um... Uh, About 14 when I started just playing music in bars and alcohol was just around me. Beers were handed to me when I was, like, a kid. Like, I was playing gigs on school nights. It was um, inappropriate, but it was also, like, not in a strange way. Because
0: you played with your dad. Your your dad has been playing music in bars.
1: And it, it just wasn't, like, I wasn't getting drunk. It was just, like... Hey, get this girl a drink, you know, it was, but then it became,
0: um... It became too normal for you at at that age. It became
1: something that I just thought was normal.
0: Exactly, because I remember I started playing in bars when I was probably 21, so at that age it was normal and I could drink, but you started, you know, six years before me and you were drinking... The way I was drinking at twenty one, when you were way younger, probably not drinking that much at fourteen, but drinking nonetheless.
1: Again, I wasn't drinking to get drunk, but like alcohol just became a part of my life, and. Um,
0: and once it becomes a part of your life, and it, it gets yeah. integrated in that way, it becomes almost like uh, you you it becomes a, you have to have it, right?
1: Yeah, and um, that's that's kind of why we're doing this podcast tonight, is because the podcast that we did before. I kind of feel like um I might have seemed a little inebriated which we both were. I was. Yeah, but um so let's were. start
0: let's start with the first time we quit drinking. We we um it was after the the shutdown. We had the you know the uh, the coronavirus 2020 shutdown. We drank a lot during that. But you came clean to me about the fact that not with that that way before the coronavirus, you had been drinking in the mornings and hiding it. Yeah. Can we talk about that?
1: Yeah, we can whatever you want to talk about.
0: And, um, and you basically, because you were ashamed of it, because, you know, it wasn't like you were hiring it because you thought I'd be mad, but you thought maybe because well, you didn't want to be you judged. You didn't even
1: catch me or anything. I don't think uh, I just like was telling you I can't do this anymore.
0: Yeah, you were waking up because you get the shakes. You have the yeah. withdrawals. Oh
1: my god, yeah,
0: yeah. And um and Will's gonna be in this podcast and he went through with what you went through, but he went through it even worse because he was waking up and drinking vodka. Oof. And he, he had he, he actually went into seizures and stuff when he quit. Yeah. But um and we're and we're we're talking about this because this podcast is it's about the peace on drugs. It's about how do we move into a a legal a world with legal drugs, but this is about a drug that's already legal. And I'm not saying that we should um, we should move this drug into being illegal. I think all drugs should be legal and regulated. Yeah. But I, I think alcohol is too expected in society. It's too average There's too much advertisement. Like you would freak out if you walked into Publix and there was the heroin section and the crack section. Um, that would be bizarre to you, but the fact that there's an alcohol section is so normalized that you don't think twice about alcohol. You don't realize yeah. that it is an it's, addictive substance and it is it's, deadly. It's just
1: something that people don't even think twice about. Like, um, but yeah, it it, it it takes a toll on people's lives, obviously. But like, um,
0: is that and it took a toll on yours? And it got to the point where you were waking up and shaking.
1: Yeah, describe and so, that. And so, well, so. <clears throat> slightly uncomfortable, but like, you know, I, I would wake up in the morning and I, I got to the point and this was actually, to be honest, like in Aaron knows this, this was before shutdown. I, I had, uh, a real alcohol dependency. My hands were shaking. My, my jaw was shaking my whole body. Like I just, I couldn't get through the day. Um, but I, I was The most fully functional alcoholic, and I I hate that term because it implies the fact that, you know, I still got in my car and I drove to my gigs, but, like, I just was drinking as little as I could to, like, just get through my day. I just want to
0: say that I like that term because it's true you were fully functional, meaning... You paid all your bills. You went to your job. Yeah,
1: my my dogs were fed. Like, yeah, every, like you we neglect- had it. We were happy. Yeah.
0: You weren't like, neglecting your life. You were just experiencing the negative effects of being an addict. It
1: was literally me just like keeping my body from shaking. Like exactly, it, it was. It was not. There was no party going on. Like it
0: was. It's not fun. I never.
1: I didn't go to bars unless I was like playing a gig in them. And I didn't like like oh my god. Like it's it's.
0: No, and and the reason I say I like that term is because I want people to understand that, and I don't want to do too much of a tangent here to get off of what we're talking about. But a lot of people that are addicted to illegal drugs are not functioning, and the reason is is because they don't have access to the right drugs. And 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 you know, if if you had ac- access to heroin from a doctor, you could be fully functioning, and then they could figure out how to get you off, just like you have, you know, you've so you went to your doctor and well, were talked to talk yeah. to him. <laughs> uh, and don't get me wrong, I think, again, alcohol is too much promoted in the, especially in it's our, everywhere. our careers, it's, it's like expected. Especially
1: here in Florida. Everyone right now, right this second, is on spring break and it's just like, it's insane. And
0: what job do you have where people at your job are trying to buy you drinks? Like no, no accountant yeah. is like, hey, you're doing my taxes. <laughs> yeah. Can I buy you a shot? Like that doesn't happen for most people <laughs> yeah. in their careers. But in our careers... People constantly want to feed us alcohol. And when you say no, they get disappointed in you. Well, yes. what do you yeah, mean no? No,
1: or, or if you're a woman, they're like, oh, why aren't you drinking? Like,
0: oh, are you big pregnant? Big question
1: mark. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so if we can go back to... Yeah, sorry. When, um, no, no, you're fine. Um, um, in November, right around Thanksgiving... I actually went to my doctor because I was actually like worried about my body because I started feeling like pains and I don't know. I just started feeling like I needed to stop everything and he he literally told me that my liver was an old soldier, but he was like, you know, it can repair itself. You're gonna be fine. But like, I am worried about your pancreas, and um, he decided to put me on librium for a couple of days and um now he
0: did the, we're talking about the first time or talking about now we're talking
1: about the first time yes. yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> which by but, the way there is a now too <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah so so the first time was in november and you, and you did the librium
1: i did the librium aaron and i both took a couple of days off work about a week or so after the shutdown and everything like aaron was not on librium but i i had to be because i was in, um, uh, there was a danger of me being, like, having seizures. With with withdrawals.
0: Yeah. And I'll say this. I was drinking too much also. I, I just don't have the withdrawals, which I'm lucky... I don't know what the difference is. I mean, she was drinking in the mornings, and I wasn't, but I was still drinking every day. I don't want to take. I don't want to say that I wasn't drinking no, way too much. No, and you're not
1: like on a high horse or anything. No, like yeah, it. I it was drinking
0: was... too much, and we both decided to quit. And she took the Librium, and I just want to explain a little bit about what Librium does. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a doctor by any means, so I, I'm not going to be able to give you. But basically, oh, you're
1: about to apply it to me tomorrow, so you better. Yeah, like, I'm going to be her doctor
0: up. tomorrow. No. So, but basically, what happens is when you drink alcohol constantly, it slows down the the neural activity in your brain, so your brain overcompensates to make those neurons fire. And if you all of a sudden cut alcohol out, and it doesn't know you cut it out. It, it's still overcompensating. So it's still overfiring, thinking that there's going to be alcohol deadening it, but there's not anymore, and that causes seizures because there's too much neural activity. Yeah. So what the Librium does is because it's a benzo, and benzos also do the same thing. We're talking about like benzos are Xanax and Clonopin and Valium. They do the same thing as alcohols. They slow down your neural activity. So you take Librium, it slows down your neural activity, but the, but they give you a very specific dose where you take a certain amount the first day, a less amount the second day, a less very amount the modulated. third day. So, yeah, it, it, it steps it steps you down to where your brain kind of figures out that and you're coming off You sleep a lot,
1: of which is awesome. I am very excited for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so she did that the first time. Her withdrawals were minimal. She got off of alcohol. We made it almost two months, and then yeah. she had a, um, a relapse, which is very common in addiction. And my,
1: my relapse was just based out of... I, I, I want to say, for the lack of a better word, boredom. And, um, and, I, and I also just thought that I was, like, better. And, and I was like, oh, I can... But I was also hiding it from Aaron, which is also a sign of, like, something that's a problem, you it, know?
0: It is. But, um, and you know, and I, I ended up figuring it out. But um, but what I did it was like, okay, I think you're drinking again. And you came clean, and we talked about it. But the thing he, is... And,
1: and, by the way, he could tell it because he would come home from his gigs... After I came home from work and I would be sitting on the couch listening to Joni Mitchell listening on headphones. To, yeah,
0: she'd listen to music with her headphones. Sometimes I'm, crying. And, and I was like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> she's drinking again because when I came home and you were sober, you were like, you know, organizing your computer, going through things, you know, you know figuring yeah. out your money. And then I came home and you're just listening to music, and which would be awesome. But now I was like, nah, something's up with that. But um,
1: <laughs> yeah, the, I, I have my giveaways.
0: <laughs> For sure.
1: Anyway, but um but, but no, yeah. no
0: no what I wanna say about the relapse thing is that it, it is common and what one of the common things that happens is you start feeling so good yeah. because you're sober that you're like, I feel like drinking, I feel so good.
1: That's exactly what happened to me. I actually felt like I was like I can I can do this. But I still felt like I can just do this alone. Like, I can just do this without telling anybody. Because
0: you weren't drinking a lot, just a few beers. Yeah. But let me ask you this. How long did it take you from the time you started drinking a few beers to where you were back to drinking in the morning?
1: Um, About, like, two and a half weeks
0: See, and that, that's addiction, and that's what happens. And the reason we're talking about this is because I, I think if anybody's listening to this that is experiencing this and feels like they're alone, I want them to know they're not alone.
1: Yeah, Other and people it go sucks, through and I, I've, oh my God, if we can put my phone number on this podcast and you could call me, I understand completely, it's terrible. It's, How about it's this, you can, you
0: can send us an email on the peaceondrugs.com I will and, do that. And Meg will respond. Because
1: this, this is... This is just nuts it's nasty it's not where i want to be in my life right now so anyway fast forward to so
0: you go to your doctor and you say i relapsed and and he said the first time the next step is rehab and you basically went back and were like i don't want to do rehab no
1: his exact words were he was going to throw me in rehab and my doctor is cool he's like younger than us he's he's a very like like Cool I, guy. I
0: just had a residency doctor. I yeah, met him too. Very cool. But he
1: though. did he did threaten me. Um, Ooh, we
0: should mention the fact that he asked you if Pot was an at
1: <laughs> Well that was this last time. Yeah, I know that's what I mean. Anyway, yeah, but so like the first time I went and he gave me Librium, he was very like meticulous about the fact that like if you if you if you don't do this, like given your liver levels and god this is so embarrassing but he said i he literally said i will throw you in rehab and so i had to go there um about three days ago and i just had to tell him that I, i had relapsed and i had to like i i went there prepared to beg him for just one more chance a second chance at just the living room i was like i i know what it feels like to feel good I know what it feels like to relapse. I just want one more chance, like, with the Libyan. Please, I, I can't do rehab. I can do it here in our home. Aaron's going to help me. Like, we have our dogs here. We have our, like, music here. Like, every everything is here. I can't. And um, he pretty much told me that he was expecting me to come back a second time. And so he granted me another trial um but yeah he did say that Aaron he, he did say that why don't you just try smoking pot and I, was I like, love
0: that too because that, that shows how <laughs> how much the, the whole the, the idea of about marijuana and the negative th- uh, things about marijuana have changed the perspective has changed where a doctor would say have you thought about marijuana because it really is a safer yeah. way
1: and he even used the word weed not marijuana <laughs> that's
0: so cool and the thing is <laughs> I recommended the same thing a long time ago, but the truth is, is that some people weed doesn't work for and for Megan. I think, but I think we should try. I thought I t- we talked about this. Very low doses. I'm going to send her to the weed doctor in Florida because we have medical, the weed doctor, whatever they call them. <laughs> and um, and because if she could get a high CBD, low THC uh, blend, I think she might actually enjoy it if it relaxes her. I relaxed am very open minded to that. But the the high THC stuff that we can get because. If you don't have your medical card and you're just buying it from a dude, it's just strong weed and it doesn't do well for her.
1: Well well my problem too is the the reason, um well I don't know, it's like a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Like my I've always dealt with anxiety and so I always kind of felt like drinking helped the anxiety, but I realized after being sober for two and a half, however many months, um I felt felt great. I felt great. Yeah, the drinking
0: definitely helps with anxiety, but then when you come off of it, your anxiety is twice as bad. Yeah. So it is, is, which one comes first? Yeah, it might have started with anxiety when you were young. No, what I'm
1: saying is that my anxiety went away when I stopped drinking. No, I
0: know, and that's what I'm saying, that that you think, because drinking will quell the anxiety, but it's really going to make it ultimately worse. If you just don't drink, you won't have it to begin with. Oh,
1: and, and my anxiety came back like full throttle once i started drinking again over the last couple of weeks it's it's insane it's exactly. absolutely oh, insane and
0: i wanted to say one other thing about something you said a few minutes ago that that about how embarrassing this is i want to i want to tell you this is nothing to be embarrassed about i think it's courageous what you're doing talking about it and it's not embarrassing because you started drinking you when you were very young and you and you've addressed the problem and you got better once and you're going to get better this time. So let's talk about what you're doing. This. So the reason we're doing this podcast tonight is the last podcast we did, we uh, were very, we were not very drunk, but we were pretty drunk and you can listen to us. We slurred a few words, but we're, we were having fun.
1: We were just, yeah, it was a great podcast, but I, I told Aaron, like, I feel like I kind of came off like an idiot.
0: <laughs> no, you didn't. But it was because
1: but, I was we like, <laughs> were, we were both drunk
0: so but so yeah. what we decided to do is make it a, a two-part podcast Where the first one I um, I you know I, I did the monologue that you've heard and it the first one was the first you know the podcast we did when we were just drinking regularly cuz we went back to drinking regularly and then this podcast is we are drinking tonight and tomorrow she starts librium because we both had gigs tonight we decided we just made a fire we sat out by the fire with the dogs we had a few drinks we're doing this podcast and tomorrow will be day 1 of both of our sobrieties, and Meg starts her Librium, her first <laughs> doses. So what we're going to do is a podcast tomorrow for day one, yeah. a podcast on Tuesday for day two. Uh, I, I shouldn't say different podcasts. This is all going to be included in this podcast. No, this,
1: this is like a like a sequence of... of...
0: Yeah, the next four days are going to be this podcast. So we're about to get off here, and when we get off, uh, we're not going to end the podcast. It'll just, it'll just go right to ne- the next day. We'll go right to... Uh, Mar-
1: so I might be on... <laughs> On this podcast tomorrow night, when I'm I'm Librium, like <laughs> I, here's the thing. I
0: remember her, I remember her last time on Librium, and it was nothing like that. She was no, fine. no,
1: I was fine. I I could I I could. She's gonna be fine. She might work, she right? might be
0: a little bit tired. But then we'll do one on Tuesday, we'll do one on Wednesday, and then Thursday is our last day of librium, and we have a gig that day that we're both playing. <laughs> and if we, if she can't do it, I told her I'll do it without her, no problem. Of course. But if she can, we're gonna play it together. I think it's a good way for her to get back to work with us both playing and being there for each other and doing yeah. it sober. And then we'll do a podcast after that, and then that'll be the the, the next episode, and then and then that'll be the that'll be this this podcast will be those few days, and then we'll do one. Um, like two or three weeks from now to let everybody know how we're doing. That'll be number three. So the first one you heard, and then you'll hear this one. Uh, and
1: this then,
0: is this is Meg on day zero. This is day zero. We are <laughs> drinking tonight. Uh, cheers. Let's cheers to the last uh, night of drinking. I'm not trying to celebrate the thing that's killing us. No, I know us. we're we're
1: huh. we're gonna get better. I'm gonna get better. No, no, I know. I am gonna get better. I like we
0: because I I started drinking too much again too, and I've always drank too much. I just. Luckily, never got to the point of withdrawals and i I, I don't know what, why that is I think some it people sucks. just don't get them possibly I've never had alcohol withdrawals. but I've also never got to I've never wanted to drink in the mornings, and I think that's why Oof. is that I've always had a period of the day when I'm sober and I usually have a day or two in the week no, where you, I go you sober have,
1: you have amazing, it's not even willpower you just like can shut it off. I can't.
0: And that's why I'm here for you, and we're quitting this together. And I know
1: you're. I know you always are here for me,
0: and that's. Well, I love you.
1: <laughs> I love you too.
0: All right, we're back. Um, so we took off. We we that the last one we did was on Sunday. That was our last night drinking, and then we were supposed to do yesterday because we're tracking every day of um, going going sober, and Megan taking the Librium. But yesterday you were.
1: Sleeping yes. <laughs> pretty much all day um, and all night. I was up for maybe a total of four hours, which is kind of what the drug is intended to do on the very first day. Um, just pretty much makes you not wake up with the, the shakes, the sweats, the feeling like you're going crazy. And so I, I slept all day yesterday. Aaron actually got up to um, make sure I took my, my doctor, administrator, you know, meds every six hours. He also made me a wonderful shepherd's pie for dinner that mm. I I nearly fell asleep yeah. in my bowl eating it. <laughs> but it was delicious. And um thank you. But yeah, so we um we kinda dropped the ball yesterday, but I just I really just needed to get through that one day of um the the very worst of it. Um mm. and so today woke up and um did we didn't we didn't lower my dosage just yet today, did we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went down to one pill instead of yeah, two. Yes, it every starts six with hours. 50
0: milligrams every six hours, and then day two, today, you go to 25 milligrams every six hours, and um, and I guess we yeah, we already talked about what what the Librium does. It stops stops your uh, brain from freaking out because it's overworking due to the lack of alcohol.
1: Yeah.
0: So um, so you're feeling good, and you're, you're you're kind of getting some of your energy back.
1: I feel. Yeah. I actually feel. Um, like I did back when I was sober, when I was happy. um yesterday, when I was awake, I felt really anxious. my My biggest thing is that i I can't I couldn't my whole life distinguish why I was so anxious all the time. And I think that's why I started drinking at a very young age, but I, I'm realizing now from being sober for the past couple months, how happy I was and how there was just no anxiety. I was not drinking at all um, And I'm realizing now that the alcohol was causing the anxiety for me for all of those years that I've just been kind of trying to mask one thing with the other.
0: Exactly. Well, because Xanax and anti-anxiety medicine do the same thing, actually, because they'll make your anxiety go away, but then when you don't have it, now you're going through a withdrawal plus the anxiety that you had before, so it's even worse. So alcohol tends to do the same thing, that it'll heal your anxiety, but then when you have your hangover and your body's kind of feeding for the alcohol, you have that plus your old anxiety is still there because it doesn't cure anxiety. It only masks it. So you're going through these double whammy of sorts. So so, um, the the people that are um, drawn to anti-anxiety medicines like benzos, need to consider that it's no... that's Because you've talked about possibly, you know, wanting some kind of anxiety medicine to help you f- with anxieties. But the problem is, is that becomes a new addiction that was just like the alcohol. So the and idea I, is to figure out what's causing the anxiety, the root I, cause. And
1: I've always honestly been opposed about taking, like, you know, uh, drugs for that kind of thing as far as, you know, psychological. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just think that there's more natural ways to go about it. Like when we first got together, we were doing yoga. Um, You know, we were still drinking and having a good time and everything, but you were trying to get me healthier than I was when I was in a bad spot before we got together. We were riding bikes, we were going to the gym. Um, mm-hmm. And when I finally... You know, you kind of suspected that I was drinking a little bit too much and that you kind of understood why. And then when I finally fessed up with you, it, it must have been... It was even before we got sober, it was months before that when I just told you, like, listen, this is, I showed you where I was hiding bottles around the house. Um, I'm, I feel free to be very candid about this. I'm not embarrassed about it at this point. But, um, you know, that's, but that's when I told you, and you actually just said, like, listen, you're, you're thinking because you're a lot stronger than I am. Um, you were just like, we're just going to stop. And um, I was on board. I think I made it till, what, like 3 o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> and I, I was think done. you made
0: it till 5, and you were freaking out. And that's when I saw that it was a bigger deal than I realized. Yeah. And I said, you know what, you need to just have a beer. Because I know it's, alcohol withdrawal can also be deadly if you don't do it the right way. So I didn't want I to be like, no, I, you can I, just I do had, it. I like, felt
1: like my head was on fire. Like it was my whole body was just... And I know this sounds stupid because it is just beer, but when... It's, it's, it wasn't just beer. I mean, I was drinking wine, booze, you know, whatever, but um, just right. mostly beer just to kind of get myself safely through the day, you know, and um, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that first time that you tried to get me to just stop cold turkey, and then that's when you realize, like, you know, things are pretty bad, but we kind of just went on like we did, but then I I just pretty much fessed up around right right before Thanksgiving. I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I just... I. I, I just couldn't, like, I'm probably going to get emotional, but, like, it, it just is, it takes over your entire life. It really does, you know, and you want to stop something so much, and it's just there, and you, your brain works against you. Like, even yesterday when I was, I knew I was doing the right thing, I, I know now, which is the most important thing I wanted to say today, that from my relapse, I know exactly how quickly I tailspinned into, I mean, I was... I I I was not wanting to leave the house unless I had to go to work unless I had to go to a gig and in my gigs even at my breaks like, I would just keep my head down play piano like my my eyes were like buzzing people were coming up and I would I I must have looked like a wild animal I even had a panic attack once on stage with you when we played together at one of my gigs and. You were there, thank God. But like I think I had you
0: saw it, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Never Nellies, and you saw it, and you you were just like you play here all the time, and I was like this doesn't happen this bad all the time. But I was like I'm actually glad that you're here to see it because I I do this every single day, but like some especially as of late, like I'm not gonna lie, like I'll I'll take a break and I'll just go and hide in the bathroom or go and hide in my car. There's a lot of crying involved sometimes. I have to pull myself together, like smack myself in the face, like come on, Meg, you can do this, you can do this. Um and again i want to stress the fact that like i'm not getting drunk at my gigs it's not a party it's not like um like woo! exactly like it's it's just this thing that i have personally that people don't know that is going on in my head like i just i just am crumbling on the inside so i mean i'm i'm not saying that this this round that i'm doing with the right now i mean it, it is a four-day um you know it it prescription it, but it,
0: it walks you off of the of the uh, addiction but pretty fast. Talking about over four days, you'd think that, like, uh, you would think that they'd stretch it out over a few weeks to really make it subtle. But this drug works very well, and it's four days, and you're and you're completely over it. Now, it depends on. It, com- it, you're it, completely it,
1: over it, the physical kind that's of. That's
0: what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Completely, you don't have the withdrawals. Now, there could be a, a, a higher levels of addiction. Um, somebody like Will that was drinking straight vodka all day long, he might need a different uh, kind of dose of Librium. But this is what the doctor prescribed to you, and it's, it's worked the first time. It, um, well, he
1: also, he had suggested rehab, but I just told him, like, not to sound like Amy Winehouse, but I was just like, I, I'm not going to rehab, first of all, I can't, I have, my job is, like, way too intense, and, um, you know, you know I, I, I well, work he knows I work in a bar and everything, but I was like, even after rehab, like, I can't just go work, like, in a bank or, like... My fallback job from playing music is I can either bartender or waitress, so I'm yeah. still going to be in a bar. But... I think
0: rehab for some people is necessary. It did help Will, but I think here's the thing. What, what what rehab's gonna do is it's gonna um, teach you a lot of the stuff you already know, stuff you've heard in AA. It's gonna tell you all sh- the
1: books that I've read. Yeah,
0: like... books that you've read, things you already know is gonna tell you that. Also, it's gonna uh, show you fun things you can do, like take you, uh, you know, surfboarding or uh, what is it? paddle
1: um, paddleboarding.
0: Yeah, pa- that's what Will did. They went paddleboarding yeah. and can snorkeling. You picture
1: me paddleboarding. Yeah, but you
0: and I'm saying I'd I, get I, eaten by I, a I take shark you. On, like I, I do this with you anyway. Like, I, the idea that you would need rehab, it seems like. You, you you took Librium the first time. It wasn't like it just didn't work. You were you were clean for almost two months. And so if you went to rehab for 30 days, what you you went more than 30 days without rehab. So I don't think I think you just had a relapse and you need the Librium again. And you and I have a really like I quit drinking every time you go through this. I'm like I won't. I'm yeah. not going to drink alcohol. We're going to do sober things. We're going to have fun. Like what? Are you, let's talk about this. For instance, what are you drinking right now?
1: I am drinking a non-alcoholic beer out of a wine glass and um. <laughs> just oh i don't do this all day this is what i'm doing because i'm nervous about doing a podcast and it just kind of feels good to but but i also don't want to do non-alcoholic beer i think that was something that i did before but um you know even my mom said like you can't do like you're still feeding the monster and well that mo- i think
0: I, your I, addiction's gone but the habit's still there the yeah, habit of I'm grabbing a, a beer out of the fridge can or yeah. holding
1: a glass of wine but like i said this is my day three of Yeah. This this is my first sober podcast. I say, I say,
0: I give you two weeks of using non alcoholic beer before you say, all right, look, you're not addicted to this stuff anymore. Let's switch to LaCroix. I don't even even
1: like it. I just (laughs) kind of felt like having something that felt like, all right, I'm nervous, so I can just keep my hand on this thing. (laughs) And it's, it's a
0: combination of what you drink, it's like the wine glass. Yeah. But with the beer that you never would drink in a wine glass.
1: It's a little messed up. I understand <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about this too. You're double fisting. What do you got in the other one?
1: Oh, I've got kava tea kava and it's tea. delicious and it's it's what Aaron drinks all the time. I'm
0: drinking it right tea. now. I don't drink it all the time because kava is also, it is a, um, what you classify that as, but it is a, a drug of sorts. It's probably on the level of coffee, but it's a relaxant. But this is the kava that you buy, the Yogi brand tea. I don't even know that it does. it's that strong at all. Like if you go to a kava bar, you can actually feel the effects a little bit. But I think kava is a, a very safe alternative to alcohol, but it is also hard on your liver. Um, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the, the exact it's, it's differences. It's not
1: as hard on your liquor as alcohol, and especially in very like in a cup of tea. It's not going to like, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm just having a cup of tea. Kava tea, but I, I do recommend it. It's, a, it's, it's relaxing and enjoyable.
1: Yeah. I like it too. It tastes good. But, um, but, yeah, as far as what I was just saying, I wanted to make a point. Like, as far as, like, my mother said that you're just, Meg, like, you're feeding the monster still by just convincing your br- Like, your brain still, the addiction is still winning by thinking, like, all right, she's still under these grips. And, like, even yesterday, like, the psychological aspect, like, I felt, I mean, I slept, obviously, for, like, you know, so much of yesterday. Um, but when I was awake and um, you were doing some recording and I was out there, I was just trying to, like, you know, stay awake reading and just trying to like, just, it was an easy day to get through because of how much I slept, but I still was trying to stay awake and just kind of like consider how I was feeling. And, um, like that part of your, the, the monster, the alcohol that's like trying to just grab you back. Um, it was telling me like, you're like, how are you going to do this Meg? Like, you're not going to be fun anymore. Like you're, you're not going to, you're not going to be good at work. Aaron's not gonna think you're funny. He's not gonna want to hang out with you. He's gonna go fall in love with some like like chick that's at the Hoop or like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> had all this anxiety, and then what? What if that was true that you found that that, that last time? We so for two months. That we both laughed together. We, 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 we had would fun together. Up, we went out every to single
1: eat. morning, and we would like take inventory on how each other felt. We would be walking the dogs, or even just as soon as we woke up, you would ask me every morning, "How do you feel?" And there was never one day once I actually like kind of. It, like and I'm lucky that I was able to be prescribed Librium and also that I've got Aaron and also that I really 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 want this. It's not that somebody's forcing me to do it, but I I really felt great very very quickly, and um, I don't I think the only reason I relapsed was just because I was like oh I got this now I can, but the problem was I was doing it behind Aaron's back because I knew he'd disapprove and I think we talked about this last time that, you know. He busted me, and that was embarrassing, but I just pretty much said, like, listen, I'm I'm a grown-up. I can do this now. Like, I, I proved that I can be sober. This is not going to be a problem. And it took literally, like, maybe about a week, and then I was just, it, first thing in the morning, as soon as I wake up, like, I just, I can't take that feeling, and I'll just, like, go to the kitchen, make sure that the bedroom door is closed when Aaron's still sleeping, and... I'll just like, immediately they just like slam three beers and then I'm good for a couple hours. I don't have to go to work for a little while, but like it's just, it it would just soothe me. But then I would have this sense of dread like, you still got the rest of the day, girl. You know, like how, like this is every day again, this is every day. And I was so ashamed and like I said, crying in the bathrooms at my gigs. It wasn't because I was like, I can't take these people, just part of it, season, they're all driving all of us kind of crazy. Yeah, sure. But um it was also just like what have you done? You were doing so good. Everything was great. And that's what I was telling myself yesterday when I was starting to like panic and just think like like Aaron's not going to like you anymore. Like you're going to suck like and but I was like, "No, Meg, you were great. Like we had such a great time when we were sober. I was going to the gym every day. We were eating healthy. Literally, I said it already. Like I, every, How many times did I
0: tell you that? It was so much more fun to come home sober to somebody else who's sober yeah. when we can sit and talk and enjoy a conversation. Because if I came home sober and you were drunk, it wasn't fun. If I came home drunk, then we it, we both had fun for sure, but it wasn't like a... Productive thing we remembered much about it was us dancing and chain smoking or vaping,
1: yeah. and
0: listening to records. I mean, it was fun, but it's just I feel so much happier and we're we still calm. Had
1: some of those nights when we were sober too, like we, we did just, fires
0: with records. Yeah, yes, we, we, we did. still
1: like we just kind of feel like we needed to like be like dancing around the living room and everything. But we we can we're still those people. It's just you know. It's we have ample things here to enjoy. We, we still do enjoy our home, but I, I do remember distinctly once and you made me cry. you just you told me, um, you know like you're worried about me not liking you anymore and you were like, I don't really like drunk meg, but I love sober meg. And, I
0: didn't say I didn't like drunk meg I, I prefer well, sober Megs. So. Yeah,
1: you said prefer, yeah, drunk Megs kind of fun.
0: If I'm drunk, <laughs> we have a great time.
1: Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm learning now because we also, when we started, when I started drinking first and then Aaron kind of was like, all right, well, can't beat her, join her, you know, but uh, where was I going with this? Um, well. Oh, no, I was going to say something. Oh, we started bargaining, you know, like we'd be like, all right, well. And it, it started with like, all right, two cheat days a month. Yeah. And then it went to like, all right, three cheat days a month. And then it was like, all right, well, if we have a vacation planned, then those two or three days count as one day. And then we still have the two cheat days. And yeah. like, when we made that rule, like immediately the next day, we had made a, a flight and booked a trip. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, that means five days. And like,
0: <laughs> yeah, we were really like trying to cheat it was also um
1: it's just the the maybe we can do this maybe we can do that It's the maybe's that are the ones that I, I just i think that i just have to be one of those people that just can't drink anymore because it just i end up just
0: i know that, what that you said we're, we're right going to work on getting in. you your medical card because oh. for marijuana because the problem with marijuana and make here is that it doesn't sit right with her uh, it gets her far too stoned but if she could, if she had a medical card she so could talk to a doctor or one of these at one of these places, since it's not recreational legal. But in Colorado, Colorado, we found a high CBD, low THC bud that she enjoyed. Um, and they don't, like, I can't buy that from, you can't just buy that from a guy. They don't, nobody's trying to be like, oh, I got that low grade stuff. No, but the store will. Yeah. So we get them to the store and get her to pick, pick a nice, good, a uh, low grade bud and yeah. try that.
1: And by the way, when you said that it doesn't sit well with me, that by no means means that like, I don't approve of it. I wish I was... The
0: buzz doesn't sit well with you Yeah. your Yeah, I just, I
1: end up like, I, I, th- I know this happens to a lot of people, but like, I... I question, I could be in a group of people that I trust, that I love, that we're all having a good time, and I'll be like thinking about the perfect way to word the thing that I want to say. And then when I think I have it, I realize, like, oh, shit, they were talking about that, like, 15 minutes ago. And, like, what I just said, like, doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> you know, like, I just, I try so hard, and then I end up, like, just putting on records and playing with Reggie and just, like, wait for everyone to go home. <laughs> like, I just, I really wish I could be good at it. It seems like it just, you know, people can do that and just, like, like systematic, like, one puff in the morning you know, I'm not going to be one of those people that no nothing against them, whatever gets you through your day, you know, but when you said it doesn't sit well, I don't want you to think like, I'm like, I'm not smoking pot. I'm just like, yeah, I, I can't mean, smoke like pot. <laughs> But I think, yeah, if I go to a doctor and I just tell him exactly what's going on, I, I just, I'm going to tell him, I don't want to, I just need something that when I'm feeling, if my anxiety even comes back, if, the alcohol actually is what is a hundred percent causing. I'm still gonna have days. I mean, people get to you. Life gets to you, everything. I think
0: we'll try some floats. We'll go to the float center. Yeah. Cloud nine. We'll I go. think
1: going back to the gym is gonna be a big thing. Definitely. Like, like I said, I I like couldn't leave the house. I just was like so freaked out with like the only time I felt safe was here. But I had to go to work and my job. Like there's like three hundred people sometimes. Like. And they're just all coming up, like, hey, can you play this? Can you play that? And it's just like, please don't talk to me. Please. Like, I see someone coming up to the stage, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I had a guy <laughs> not
0: tip me because he came up, he, he put $10 in my tip jar, and he said, um, or I think he, he was holding it over the tip jar, like about to drop in. He's like, hey, you know the Pina Colada song? I was like, I, I know the song, I don't know how to play it. Like, I'm not going to play that fucking song. <laughs> and he's just like, no. And I was like, no, nah, I don't know that, man. He's like, oh, too bad. And he like, took his money and left. I'm like,
1: well, you know, and then you and te- then
0: I then he heard him tell him, like another table was like, I, I tried to get him to play the song, he wouldn't play it. So, well, and getting my money, it's like
1: no, he's no, mm. like that Buffett song, and you're thinking like it's not even Jimmy Buffett, like yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say the Buffett. That, that's always Sunny he's Yeah, like,
1: yeah, I know it is.
0: you just... like peeing your coladas, <laughs> getting cold in the rain.
1: So then, like me and Aaron, kind of during our gigs, like we'll kind of like you know if we're having a great day, or like you know something weird happens, we text each other, and that usually gets me through some of the worst ones. Yeah, you text me,
0: you. Venmo tipped me when yeah. I, I texted her about that. I was like, the guy just didn't tip me, so she tipped me for not playing that song.
1: Yeah, I gave him 10 bucks. And no, I just, <laughs> I was like, check your Venmo. And you looked at it, you're like, oh, you're the best. Like, because we, so we do help each other out with all that kind of nonsense for this season. But I mean, it's not just season. Who am I kidding? It's, 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 I don't know. I, but I'm just realizing now that it's, I think I mentioned the chicken and the egg before, but. I really think that the alcohol, for my entire adult life, has been causing my my anxiety, my insecurity. It gives me a false sense of confidence, but like now that it's actually like, it's actually killing me. It's hurting my body. Like so like my doctor yeah. said, my blood work was really not. Uh, he said, you know, I'm, you're not going to die tomorrow. But he's like, and especially the second time I went to get Librium, and I had to beg him for. I thought he was going to just toss me right into rehab, but he was like. And I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but he said, I'm honestly not surprised to see you here a second time. And he's like, I'm going to give you round two. And he didn't say, like, next time we're, we're locking you up, but he, he did give me a lot of scare tactics. He told me about, you know, how my liver was the last time, and he told me about another woman that's roughly my age. And he was like, she has been on a waiting list for two years, and her body is just failing. And he's like, you're not there, but he's like... You need to know that, like, if you keep on doing these, like, stop-and-go relapse, stop-and-go, whatever, he's like, you're you're killing yourself. You really are. And you're way too young. You're healthy for the most part. Yeah. And, um...
0: Yeah, it's definitely not not the, the chronic drinking, the health issues that go along with chronic, chronic drinking. I think everybody's heard about the um, you know sort of the liver is the big one, but there's all these cancers that are linked to alcoholism. That that we read in that it was what's the name of the book? Um, Annie Grace.
1: Um, control alcohol.
0: Um, it's um, this naked mind.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, control alcohol. Yeah, yeah, um, but but she talked about all these different cancers that um, are linked to, al- to alcoholism. Uh, alcohol is a, basically a poison, and and it's just got so many other health, uh, you know, things that are horrible for your health that I don't think are 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 really talked about much. And I feel like it's just because alcohol is so pushed in your face of like it's okay, drink it, you know, and then you hear things about liver is the only thing I ever really heard about. I, c- cancer and cigarettes, sure, everybody talked about the cancer and heart disease and all the problems of smoking cigarettes. Um, which actually might be a nice day we ended you know that one little thing I wanted to talk about. we just went out and had a great dinner. If you're here in Fort Myers, uh Possibilities.
1: Oh, don't tell everybody. That's our special oh, place.
0: But I wanted to hook them up. It was
1: not it was called Pizza Abilities.
0: Pizza Abilities. It's all the
1: way in Bonita Springs.
0: Yeah, so I recommend that restaurant. <laughs> no, it
1: actually is a great restaurant. It's a great it's, restaurant. Mom and Pop so yeah. Possibilities off San Carlos Parkway. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's so
0: good. But um, on the way back, we were talking about the vaping versus tobacco because I heard a, an argument. Um, and, uh, it was on a podcast, anyway. the uh, the idea, The idea is that vaping, if if you're going with a company like Juul, that um, you know regulates it with their product, what they put in it, it's, it's most likely. I mean, all studies show it is definitely safer. Um, the long term studies aren't in yet, right? But the the short term studies on combustion versus vaping which is you're not heating it up to the point of combustion so you're smoking you're getting vapor instead of um, smoke that this smoke all the carcinogens are released with combustion so anyway we're having this argument we're talking about it and we talked about how just how ridiculous it is that like I, because if I, when I get, when I start drinking, I like to have a, a, a little bit of tobacco. That's just always only when I drink, and um, and I was getting to the point where I was smoking cigarettes here and there, and then I got to the point where I bought a pack and.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe that honestly because I uh, was always a like much it smells so bad, money. and
0: I and I don't like the way it makes you feel either. Like I enjoy the cigarette, but then I wake up and I feel like gross, and so um, so I decided to start getting back into the jewel again, just just to have it if I'm drinking and I feel like puffing to hit the jewel. And it's just such, I'm, I'm sorry, this is off topic, but it was just, we were having this conversation how, just how bizarre it is when when, when um, uh, Walgreens pulled Juul from their shelves because we were getting them there. Publix they,
1: did too.
0: Publix and, and... I don't think Publix I, ever I, I don't think them. Publix ever had it, but uh, but Walgreens pulled it. And it's like, you, you're still selling cigarettes. That doesn't, that makes no sense to me. You you want to pull the Juuls because, it's because of the public perception because there's this whole outcry of, it's all about the young kids who are vaping. Well... When I was growing up, it was kids that were smoking, but the cigarettes have not went away. Walgings is still selling cigarettes. How do you pull a safer alternative to cigarettes off your shelves but keep the ones that are definitely going to cause cancer. Well yeah. not definitely, but you know, with a high percentage of people are gonna get cancer from smoking. Or
1: I love the argument that it's like, well, we just don't know how bad jewels and vaping are for you It's like, oh, but we don't know how bad cigarettes are for you yeah. yet either.
0: Like, yes, so because you do know how bad they are, it's okay because you do know they're really bad. And the yeah. chances are that the jewels are never going to be as bad as that. We're still waiting
1: for the test on these cigarettes. So once they're okay, then we'll put the jewels on. Yeah,
0: yeah. and then the question is, what if you found out they were as deadly as cigarettes? Would you allow them because you got the cigarettes? Is it you're making sure they're not more deadly than cigarettes? Because I don't think that's going to be the case.
1: Yeah.
0: And we find out five years later that everybody that ever vaped is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. As Um,
1: I'm vaping right now with my jewel.
0: Yeah, you actually can hear us vaping on like when, the ones when we're drinking. I'm I'm hitting here and there, yeah. but uh, we are now not drinking, and I don't know why. But when I don't drink, I don't desire any tobacco.
1: I think it's that hand to mouth thing, you know. And like it just, they just do go you know, hand in hand. But um, but yeah, and I I also wanted to say to um, if people are listening that um, maybe. Think I'm taking an easy way out by having a four day Librium plan like that. This is doctor prescribed and he he actually had to like go to a panel just to show them my blood levels just to make they detect to, to make sure I didn't have any cocaine or anything else in my system which obviously I didn't. But um he he did tell me like I had to like talk to my superiors because like I don't just give this stuff out easily.
0: Yeah, but um, also it's, I don't think anybody would think it's an easier way out because if you quit alcohol cold turkey. It can it can be deadly. I
1: don't think I would have had seizures, but I think I would have I I would have probably had to go to the hospital thinking that I was about to have one because my shaking was just that like I could. I,
0: and it's also very uncomfortable. And if you have something, if you have a drug that you can take that you uh, that moderates the you know gets you off of the um, alcohol yeah. without the withdrawals, why wouldn't you take that? Take yeah. the take the easy way out. If, and, addiction's and I, hard. If you have I, an easy way out, take it.
1: Yeah. Not only that, and. It did work for me the last time, and I, like I said, I think I needed to relapse just to know, like, all right, I cannot go back to that place. Even though I was only back there for, I don't know, a little over two months, but, like, those two months that I had sober, I just look back now at that, and it's like, you screwed it up, Meg. You had it, like, you were right on top of the world, and now I just know, like, you can't do this, but what my point is, I just, I feel guilty that, like, I was able to go to my doctor, I have health insurance, he, I have a great doctor, furthermore, and, um, you know, I was able to do this. I've got a wonderful, supportive husband. You know, I can call my mom every single day, which I do probably too much sometimes, but um, I just, I feel terrible that there are other people out there that can't get the kind of help that they need, and that, like, you know, like your friends that have, have passed away or that are still addicted to opiates, like, it's just, it should be just as easy for people that are problematic you know like I, i'm totally about uh, like i told aaron too like you can do you, you can drink around me if you get your friends over the house like i'm gonna i'm going to be at the point where it's just like i'll still have fun i'll chill i'll be outside but you guys can't fire i just i'll be fine with it because i just know like if i do that it's going to make me feel terrible again so
0: yeah but I, um I, but you know and I, and I said i agree with you all like if i have Friends in town, or if I'm, you know, if I'm on vacation, I might have a few, but I'm not going to do it to the point that it was because you're going to be sober and I'm going to respect that. But also, I don't want it to be as big of a part of my life as it's been. Yeah, it gets in I, the I way of everything. I want you to everything. still
1: enjoy your life because you do not have the same problem as I do. You but know? I did drink too much, and, I know, and, and I know. this is,
0: and we 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 kind of drank, we kind of you know become our drinking buddies. So we both drink too much. But I'm going to cut it out of my life for the most part. I think alcohol does not bring much much positive uh anything positive to your life with the exception of if you're with friends you haven't seen in a while it can make it a little bit of fun but also i've been with my friends sober while they've been drinking and i've had just as much fun up until the point when they're too drunk to have fun with and then you just go home because at that point if you were there what what, what good really happens at that point you don't remember much of it anyway but um i think we should wrap this up because we're going to be back tomorrow Okay. Now, tomorrow is St. Patty's Day. Now, oh, not God. if you're listening to this, because if you listen to St. Patty's Day, we'll it, have come and gone. But it,
1: Can I just preface this, too, by saying I forgot all about Patty's Day, and so when I kind of crashed and crumbled and went to my doctor, and he was like, all right, you're starting Monday, you know, I was scrambling to cover all of my gigs and everything, and then, um, so Wednesday the 17th, I had remembered that um, I had a day gig at Yucatan, and then I had a night gig at Nelly's, but they wanted to have a band at Nelly's, so... I told Aaron, um, you know, I, I I don't have to worry about my Nellies. I already got my Tuesday night covered. Um, we are playing Thursday night together. It's going to be my first gig back, mm-hmm. and I am still going to be my last day of Libya, but I'm going to be playing with him. He's going to be supportive. But this guy right here, he is doing a double for me on St. Saint- patty's day like yeah and if you don't know what that all, means that
0: means it's amateur hour uh, it's everybody's no, no musician
1: wants to work st Patrick's day none of us i don't care if you're if they say that they're excited about it they are lying to you yeah
0: and like, they're yelling at you to play irish music you're like i don't play irish music you're not irish like, you don't listen to irish music everybody's
1: don't. been shit-faced since like sunday you know? yeah
0: it's like you're not irish what do you people in this country just need an excuse to celebrate and get drunk like, Cinco de Mayo is the best example. This is a holiday that people that screen build the wall love to go out and drink Ugh. margaritas and coronas on Saint on Cinco de Mayo and celebrate a holiday that has nothing to do with them just because they want to get drunk. And St Pat Day is the same with the exception of people from Boston and you know, there's a lot of Irish immigrants that on the East Coast that I have party with in Savannah, and um and I'm actually fifty percent Irish descendant, but um, that doesn't mean I'm like, I gotta celebrate my heritage for this day or nothing like that. But I do appreciate St. Patty's Day and we, we used to go to Savannah and it's awesome if you go to a city like Savannah and you got all these uh people of you know Irish ancestry that have played back, like bands of marching bagpipes from like uh the firemen up there and the the, the uh, yeah. police departments. They, they if it
1: wasn't for all the alcohol, it would just be nice to have everyone just like out and having a good time, you know.
0: Yeah, but it is amateur pre-COVID. hour. People are just absolutely <laughs> hammered.
1: Yeah. But so, anyway, my point is that, you know, I, I couldn't I had to get my day gig covered, and my day gig ha- happens to be where Aaron plays his night gig. I I open for you. You're the headliner yeah. usually most Wednesdays. And so he offered because I was like, I can't, I don't know how I'm going to get anybody to play from 2 to 5 on St. Patty's Day. Everyone's either working or they're just going to tell me, like, there's no way in hell. And Aaron was just like, I'll do it. And I was like, you are out of your mind. You're going to do a double on St. Patty's Day. And he was just like, yeah. He's like, I will do it. And... It's fine. Big points, dude. Big points.
0: <laughs> it, it's not gonna be that bad. I I'm pretty good at handling drunk people, especially oddly enough, when I'm sober. When I'm drunk I'm actually more annoyed by them because I don't you know, if I'm sober, I just I get it. Like, yeah. all right, you're drunk, you're having fun. And I also can handle the situation better if they are acting crazy or something, I'm able to get, you know, resolved the quick
1: you also have that gift of like you've got a good game face, but you also have one of those faces when I can tell when I come up to hear you play, you're just like I don't want to deal with you like like some idiot comes up like hey brother better like and you Aaron just has these these dark eyes that like I can just tell when, I don't know I can just tell when people are just like oh maybe I should just like just tip him and walk away <laughs> Yeah <laughs> It's like dude smart move
0: <laughs> I know that's why I wish we would have really um Went, went with the route with music of uh touring and being in the bands because then you're you're on a stage you're separate from a crowd you' you're only playing your music they're not writing your set list they're not yelling out to play Jimmy Buffett or none of that yeah and that's what we're working on we're working on some music and we've been doing, I've been doing some recording while while she's been getting better and I, and she's been helping out she's gonna um lay some piano down on one of these songs probably tomorrow, but tonight we're gonna um go uh watch a movie and eat some cheesecake
1: yeah um, also promote the songs that we have Just in case anybody's listening If anybody this
0: wants to hear our music that we've worked on so far You can go on um, Aaron Akulis Last last name's A-K-U-L-I-S uh, On SoundCloud Right now it's all on SoundCloud These are all like demo versions of songs None of them are, are what's going to be on iTunes Some of them are just And there's kind of lots of different genres floating around When we make release the album It'll be much more specific The two songs you can hear Love Me or Leave Me And um, Around the Fire, Yana those two will be on our album. The other ones are kind of from bands that we've kind of been floating around working with and so who knows how the projects will come together, but those are just songs i just felt like putting up. So Aaron Akulas SoundCloud. And um i guess we'll uh, you're about to hear um, our track from tomorrow night. This will be after my double and i will be um, talking about we'll be talking about how Meg's day was here by yourself. Well, he'll on be gone day all three. day so
1: i'm going to be hammered. Now I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> you better not. No, of course I not. I know. No, I'll be very eagerly waiting for you to come home and we can do another podcast. And then, um, but yeah, thanks for if you have been listening and paying attention and concerned at all or surprised at all by, um, you know, this kind of <laughs> thing that's been happening in my life for the last, oh, 20 odd years. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Um, I'm, I'm getting better and it's thanks to actually sitting here talking it out. Paid a lot of money on therapy, and this is by far the best way to go about it, I think. That's
0: great. I love that. All right. So we'll see you tomorrow.
1: All right. Yeah. See All right. you guys.
0: All right. And we are back. This is the... This will be the third day of, of us doing this podcast. Uh, I know that you guys just, that I just listened to you, it's just flowing right to the next one, but this has been another day. We um,
1: Well, we took yesterday off because... Aaron did a double for St. Patrick's Day, and obviously when he came home, he was not in the mood after dealing with Fort Myers beach crowds all day. I'm
0: forget so we didn't do one yesterday. It was the day before. So we
1: did. We pretty much did one every other day. Yeah, that's
0: exactly what we did, and and that's what I was just telling her today. Is like it's hard for me to do this podcast right now, and I just launched it. I'm trying to get these new episodes up, and we are working so much with season right now because we live in Florida, so it's. It's free, completely packed everywhere. I played all day long yesterday at this place called Yucatan. And um, just the drunkest, um, stupidest people.
1: Yeah.
0: Got home and I was like, yeah, I don't feel like doing a podcast. And I was like, will we'll, we'll just do it tomorrow because we, we just got done playing. It was so much better having someone to play with and not playing all day. And the day after St. Patrick's Day is, is so much better. Just the.
1: It was still crazy.
0: It was still really busy. I think that a lot of the people, though, that come out... The day after things are St. Patrick's Day are the people that stay at home or didn't go out drinking St. Patrick's Day because they knew better to like stay away from that, that those crowds that yeah. day. And then they come out and they drink the following day, and they're nicer. Um, that's not to say that the, some of the people that get drunk at St. Patrick's Day aren't nice; they're just super drunk.
1: Or that they don't come out the next day too.
0: Well, that too, and so <laughs> the, especially the younger ones that are on the beach, they drink every day. They're here, but um, either way, got it passed, got got it, got that out of the way, and. Um, then we went and played a bar, which um, I know that the people that it's kind of an interesting thing uh, when she when she went to the doctor and talked to the AA groups about about drinking and about you know working in the bars. The first thing the AA group they always say, well, can you, can you do something else for work? It's like, nope. So like she's an amazing musician she, that's, that's what she does for a living, it's what I do for a living, so the idea that you should just do something else for a living, it's like, what, this is what you've been doing your whole life, you're going to just go get a job, either going to, you're going to wait tables, which also involves alcohol, so if, if you get, to go get yeah. completely out of the business, you have to go get a job at like Publix or something, which is going to start you out at like eight bucks an hour or whatever, so it's like, you can't pay your bills with that, so you're, basically, this is yeah. what you do for a living. Yeah, and
1: he, even my doctor, he's, he's never come out and, you know, obviously come to my gigs or anything like that, but... Um, the last time I saw him, he was like, well, maybe there's something else you could do. And I was like, well, no, there really isn't. He was like, well, maybe you can teach music. And I was like, all right, A, I can't read music. Um, B, that's just not a possibility. I, I don't know how to teach what I do. I mean, I can. Yeah. Cause you have,
0: <laughs> in order to teach piano, you do have to like, you have to know how to read music. That's just part of learning piano. That's and like you just didn't. Step what... number one. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. No, I, I just think that that there's this whole mentality of you have to get away from it because you're an addict, and if you're around it, and I think that will power you can have what your willpower can be strong enough to where you can be around alcohol. We live in a culture where alcohol is you know omnipresent, so the idea is that you you need to be able to be around it and not partake. You, and how you know?
1: many like older musicians and even some musicians our age. Um, uh, but mostly the older ones, I've actually kind of talked to them the first time that I was going sober and I was just saying, like, how do you do it? And well, most of them said they'd smoke weed, <laughs> you know, but um, I'm talking about like, you know, I, I feel like I can say his name, Frank Thompson. He's a great older guy and he's been sober for, I don't know, decades. But he was like, I don't know, you just, you know, just get used to it. He's like, it's, you know, it's, you just have to kind of go into work and deal with it and, it it was, I mean, I I think I've said this before, I I enjoyed playing sober, but it is difficult sometimes when it's just like, ugh, the last place you want to be if you're having a bad day, or just like any job, you don't want to yeah, go to work. Yeah, if I'm
0: having a bad day and I'm drinking on top of it at one of those gigs, it's even worse.
1: Yeah. When
0: you're sober, I feel like you're able to handle it better, and also the time seems to go by faster when yeah. I'm sober. It's just like, I just, I don't know, when I'm on my breaks, I can go sit in my car and read a book. Um I don't know. I, I I like being sober at my gigs. It it goes by faster. Dealing with people's better. I feel like I'm playing better. I'm more yeah. enjoyable for the people listening. Um, I think being and because we play in bars and we're not touring musicians. Because touring musicians have their own set of issues. You know, when, when they're on the road away from family, staying in hotels and they're partying. There's partying and drug use, of course, with all that. But with us, it's a specific to alcohol. It's it's you're in a bar every night. People are doing shots, and and I've been there myself where I'm just getting way too drunk every night. And I see musician friends, you know, around around town when I go out sometimes, and I'll see how drunk they are on stage. And I'm like, that's been me before, of course. Oh,
1: definitely, yeah. But um, I it, mean, I I don't really, I didn't really ever get like drunk, drunk at my gigs. Well, but and I don't
0: mean like hammered. Like they're playing good, but you can look in their eyes and you can you tell can they tell. got they, yeah. they, they got a pretty good buzz. And trust me, that's been me. I'm not calling them out, and I'm not saying any names, but. I just, when I see that, I'm like, I, I love the idea of playing sober. It, it, it's our job. We yeah. play, We do for this for a living. Yeah, it, it, it
1: should be a little more professional, but it's just, you know, but it's I, like you said before, like, when it's not the kind of job, like, you don't give your accountant a shot, like, you know. Exactly. Like, well,
0: like, that, that's the thing is I don't even mean as far as being professional. I mean as far as if you're drinking at your job, then what's the chances you're not going to be an alcoholic? Are you not going to drink when you're not working and only when you are working? Uh-huh. No, you're just going to drink all the time. And it be- it just
1: becomes a habit or an addiction, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I remember you telling me the first time that I was really, really freaking out about this. This was the first time that uh, we got sober. And you told me, like, because Aaron's had spells before where he just, like, his, he wants to prove to himself that he can do it. And he would go, like, weeks without... Drinking and we would be playing together at the time, and I would just be like, "But you're just not gonna drink." But he would tell me at the time, "Like you won't, you won't believe it. Like it's more fun. Like I'm kind of like songs are kind of coming to me. I'm willing to try new things." And the time goes by so much faster. And I didn't believe him one bit until the first time I got sober, and I absolutely was floored with how much I enjoyed playing sober. You know, it's it's
0: amazing. I remember that one gig. I was like, "Like you're like, what are you doing now?" Because you were going probably, you know, we probably going home, but. I was like I'm gonna go for a run, like after a gig, because it was just like we're at the beach. So I was like, I'm gonna, you know, I, yeah. brought, I brought some running shorts. I'm gonna go for a run on the yeah, beach. Nice time. You were like, what?
1: Yeah. Well, it <laughs> think, felt I so think,
0: good yeah. to be like I got out, I got out done playing a gig. And
1: I think you had been wearing flip flops and you went barefoot too, which yeah. I guess you supposed to do on the beach.
0: That's what I would do, do anyway. Wear. Yes. Yeah. But, but um.
1: But yeah, tonight was um. My, well, today's uh, my last day of doing the librium, and um, uh, tonight was my first gig playing sober, which I did before for a couple of months, but you know, I was, I was just kind of apprehensive about, you know, just, um, I had a little more time the last time after I, I detoxed to kind of get back on stage. And even then, Aaron, he came to me the first day I had to go to work and he did a double with me just to make sure that, you know, my first gig was okay. And then he played my second gig with me and he could tell, like throughout the day, like the first gig, I, like my voice was shaking, when I, I was just kind of like, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I couldn't do it. I just was like, this, this is gonna be rough. But then my- it was
0: also your first time, pretty much your entire adult life ever playing well, sober. I, yeah,
1: I'd never played a gig sober ever.
0: So, so now the, the difference this time, I know you're starting back to work a little sooner than maybe even you should. But if you f- feel like you can, then do it. If you, if you feel like you're getting the wrong urges, just leave. Who cares? But um, I, I think the difference is. is I, I I feel like you can do it this time because you did it for two months last time. Yeah, and, and I know you, I know, you know the
1: difference. And today, like as soon as we started playing, I was just like, I was just like, all right, I'm back. I got this. Like I and I said it a million times. Like I know the difference now. Like the temptation, which is always going to be there. And I, I wanted to say that too. Like as far as me taking the librium, it's not like oh I'm done with the librium. I'm I'm cured. You know, it's like no. I'm always going to have this monkey on my back Well, it's like
0: any any kind of addiction uh comes with the addiction and the habit the addiction the the, the physical withdrawal that you're going to feel that's gone you're not going to have that, that physical that was the craving. most
1: important thing that the librium was for was just so exactly. that i could like i could I, I had no motivation to do anything i except for i had to go to work i had to and work was awful so today was tonight was awesome we had i got to play together we got to play together. Um, we
0: played some of our new songs that we wrote. Played some for of our new songs. Album. That was
1: cool, and the people were really nice. And I just, I just. They didn't clap like for it. the
0: originals, really, but no, well, It's so, it's so. Like with what we do, it's so annoying most because you're like, all right, these are some originals, guys. We just wrote these. Maybe they're horrible. I don't think so though because we released them, people like them, but, but people. Well, we
1: also played them after we had planned on playing them all night, and um, we kind of had a set list ready, and the songs were going to be like kind of at the tail end, and like right in the middle of our last set, we got the. The brown-eyed girl, lady, and the you know the free fallen guy, and it was like, all right, how are we gonna squeeze in our songs now? And so when, I like,
0: just so I squeezed them in, and I told yeah. them, I said, H- here's a g- we're gonna stop playing songs. You know, we're gonna do yeah. one or two originals songs that we wrote. Um, so you just have to bear with us. We're gonna play these songs. They're songs that we want to play. It is ultimately what we want to do. Not playing other people's music. We'll be right back to playing songs you know, and I thought that might make them listen. They just basically stopped listening for two well, songs. Even
1: that one table that was sitting in front of us, that was like engaging with us, and they were talking to us, and
0: yeah, they like, did not pay attention. To well, it. no,
1: they they kind of did at first, and then like they just kind of were like, oh, this is cool, and then they just started talking again. Like they, once yeah. people don't recognize something, it's like
0: Phew. well, that's the that's the out al- the alcohol. I actually went to there was an open mic night that Fritz brought me to. It's a life coach here in town, and they do this whole they did this whole open mic night. At their life coaching place, and it was cool because their idea is like the whole music scene in Fort Myers, and I wouldn't even call it a scene. It's just cover bands playing in bars. And they said they want to get the alcohol, uh, d- detach the alcohol from the music, because. And these these life coaches are kind of like uh, Steve Faris went there too, yeah. learned, and he was sober for a long time. And th- their idea is like alcohol's like ru- like it ruins the music in this town, and and I believe that because when you go when you're at a bar and people are just hammered, drunk, and they're just like place stop my no, and they're screaming brown eye girl, free bird, and all this crap. Well, they're just drunk people wanting to hear shit they know but if if you know if they if they knew your music and they came to your show and got drunk that'd be different but they don't so people that go to a, a scene like in seattle or these other places that want to see music they don't know they're usually not shit face going. Like, they might go there and have a drink or two, but they're not there for the alcohol. They're there for the music.
1: Yeah, they'd be disgusted if we went there and just played a bunch of covers. They'd be like, oh, it looks like this is not what we came here to hear. We yeah. could listen to the radio. Play
0: Free music. Fall, and they, they they know the song, and they don't want you to play, play it. They're like, yep, I know what that is. Please yeah. stop playing it. And
1: there are some people around town that are like that, like that ask, you know, oh, do you write any songs? And I personally don't write songs. Me and Aaron kind of collaborate. He writes the songs, and I kind of like... You
0: know, You've written songs before. we got to get you more comfortable. You're just uncomfortable putting yourself out there. You have to be vulnerable and you have to be willing to just put yourself out yeah, there. Yeah,
1: I make my lyrics too personal and then it's just like I, there's no way I'm going to like... <laughs> so um, i got to start writing songs about like my dog or like...
0: <laughs> you know what? There's nothing wrong with doing that. I personally think if you write something that's really personal... Um, I remember Billy Corgan said something about when he writes a lyric that makes him cringe with embarrassment... That that's a, he knows that's a good lyric. I got to He said, I have to include that because yeah. it makes it embarrassed to even say it. I think that being vulnerable and being too personal is great. However, you want to write a fun song about your dog and play it. Do it. Who cares? There's no yeah. rules to writing music. I love that about it.
1: Yeah.
0: But um, so it's been a fun journey. It's only been a few days. Like I say, this will be the second podcast you've heard. And this particular podcast was over six days. There's three three different days that we recorded over a period of uh, what five days. I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, five days. Um, tomorrow will be... Day, yeah, because the first day we were drinking, tomorrow will be day five, actually, of being sober. Yeah. So the first uh, one you heard on this, we were both had a little buzz. We were talking about going sober the following day. Now, today is day four of being sober. And then, of course, the first podcast, part one of Megan Rose, was uh, me and her just talking a whole night of drinking before we knew we were going to be going sober. And so this will be part two. And I hope you enjoyed it and... Wish, let's wish Megan luck on her journey of going sober and getting alcohol out yep. of her life once and for good.
1: Yep, and tomorrow is uh, day one of me going back to my crazy schedule, completely sober. And uh, yeah, that's that's one thing I want to say too. Like the whole reason I packed on so many gigs in March was because I was sober at the time. And I was like, I can do three doubles a week. I can play like six days a week, three doubles. And then oh, yeah. I started drinking again and I just, I was miserable. And it, it just felt so good today at that gig just to like, it felt like there was a part of me that was just like trying so hard to get back out and like, just be me again. And it just, I know I can do this. I know it's like I said, it's not just delirium I'm not cured by any means. I'm going to live with this, you know, for the rest of my life. But I just, I know the difference now. I know that I'm just better I'm happier like me and you have been laughing and joking around all day I I, I like myself better sober and it sucks because I I love drinking but like I just
0: think about other people you know what what person do you know that you like better when they're drunk hmm I mean I think I
1: I thought it was me
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's a great point of course (laughs) But typically, anytime somebody, especially if I'm sober and somebody comes up to me, could be a great friend, and I realize they're hammered, I immediately do not want to talk to them anymore. Yeah, you lose
1: interest. It's just like, oh, you're you're hammered. Okay, you're gonna repeat yourself and not listen. Like it's all about what they say and try to have a conversation, and they're not letting you talk.
0: And to think that we're any different when we're drunk as well.
1: (laughs) I know. I always used to think like, oh, I'm not like that. But even my mom was just like, yeah, Meg. I mean, I'm not. I really would not i i hate to sound like this but i don't think i was ever like truly obnoxious i wasn't ever that girl like let me tell you something or like you know i I don't (laughs) think i was ever like that but i i know i um like in the first podcast i was horrified like i have a lot of pregnant pauses and i i kind of i can't find my words and i i repeat myself and you know i'm i'm not making my points as clearly and it's yeah that was that was kind of embarrassing so if you did listen to that first very first podcast along where we talked about skydiving and our wedding and everything
0: um, I think it was a great podcast. It was. A gr-
1: we had some great conversations, but you can just tell that um, you can tell the difference between then and now. Um,
0: you definitely can. And also, I have trouble finding the right words too. And that's one thing I was telling you because you were saying that I don't have to quit drinking. I don't have a problem. And I was like, well, I drink too much, and I do, in that way, have a problem. And I want to stop drinking alcohol. But also, I'm doing a podcast. Not being able to find the right words is going to be detrimental to, to the whole thing I'm trying to do. Is I'm trying to basically. Talk to people. That's it. have a yeah. good conversation. And if I if I if I'm doing something every day that's holding me back from saying the things that I'm trying to say, or having the energy or the motivation to do those things, then it's not going to work. So yeah. for this podcast and for you, mostly for you, not for the podcast, for you, I want I don't want to be a, a drunk, you know. Uh, somebody around the house is yeah. constantly drinking around you, and while well, you can't drink, and I'm just like not even worried about it. I, I don't oh, want to be. you
1: would never be like that.
0: I know, but um, but I definitely I want to also quit drinking for me. But, but yeah, and I, wanna quit I mean, I, for the I keep on telling
1: you. I, I don't keep on telling you, but I I've told you time and time again, like you don't have to stop drinking. But I I haven't really realized that. Like he just wants to. Like it's not just like he's doing this just for me. And that's also one thing my my shrink said about um, sobriety within a marriage. She was like. Your, your journeys are separate like you can help each other out as much as you can but like you need to put you first he needs to put him first she said it's almost like you got to treat it like a, a second marriage your sobriety and she was like you know you got to think about when you were lying and when you were uh, sneaking around like it's basically like you were having an affair you know and she was like so your sobriety needs to be something that It's not something that you do 100% together. You need to really kind of like focus on you. You don't need to tell each other everything. I mean, I do tell you when I'm like, I pretty much do tell you everything. But, you know, the fact that I kept on like saying like, you can drink, you can, like, it's not going to bother me. But like, you actually do want to stop drinking because you feel the same benefits that I'm, I'm feeling now. I've
0: said it for a long time. I don't think alcohol is a good drug. I think it's. Uh, I, I think it's fun when you're with your friends doing it. And we yeah, both socially, know that. Socially. So socially, it's a fun drug. But ultimately, I don't think it brings much benefit. And I tell you what, go out. Next time you're with your, you know some of your friends and um, you haven't seen them for a while, start early and go to a coffee shop and see if you don't have fun sitting at a coffee shop over a cup of coffee with your buddies. It, it, you know, most of the time, you're going to have a great conversation. But we, I, we just associate the, the fun times we have with alcohol, or at least in, me and my friends, we do so much that when uh, me and my buddy Brandon went to Washington, D.C., and we went to the, you know, we were doing the museums, all the different, you know, there's so much to do there, the different monuments, and we didn't drink the whole day and we didn't even think about drinking. It was like 9 p.m. It it's like, you want to grab a beer? And then we we're like, you know what? I could do a beer. We ended up having like just a few before bed. But the whole day, no drinking. And just as, even more fun because we were doing fun stuff. Had we started drinking early, we wouldn't have went to any of the monuments, any of the museums. You
1: would have just been bar hopping all day long. Yeah, it would
0: have been so expensive. And we all we would have done is seen a bunch of bars we don't remember. So not try not drinking. I, I Honestly, anybody out there who alcohol is a regular part of your life, I challenge you to just take 2 weeks off and see how bored you are. I mean, if you if you're that miserable then maybe there's something else problem in your life. Maybe you're not, you know, you got to find joy in your life that's yeah, not you alcohol. you got to find
1: other ways to just try to, you know, enhance your life if it really does like take drinking for you to just like kind of get the ball rolling socially or even just in your own head.
0: And then it could be a a, a bigger underlying problem like depression or something else that you're experiencing that takes alcohol to feel joy. It should not take alcohol to feel joy. And there should be so many things you can do. Go for a bike ride, going for a jog. if, if, If you hate running, Meg hates running. You might not, <laughs> might not be for you. Uh, she likes going to the gym. We go. We ride bikes to the gym, and that's yeah. Great. Today
1: was my first day back at the gym in like like three weeks. I used to go every single day, and then once I got like wrapped up in all this nonsense again, i I, I didn't want to like do anything. I didn't like even yesterday. You were gone all day, and for the first time in a couple of weeks, like I cleaned the whole house. I rearranged stuff. I just had. I just enjoyed my home. I just was like, this is all the stuff I've—I've I've been so miserable, you know and what? it's just because I've been just buried under all of this. Like, and it's not just the booze; it's what the booze does to me. Like, it does. And what
0: you said right then—you enjoyed your home, yeah. And that's—and to me, that—that that means so much more than just your house. Also, it's your—it's your body. Your body is your home. It's where you stay. And to enjoy yourself without being drowned in alcohol yeah. is what everybody should experience when if you if it takes a bottle of booze for you to enjoy yourself then you need to you need to fix the relationship with yourself you need to be able to be happy by yourself you know yeah. meditate yoga find something that brings joy to your life that's not in a bottle for yeah. real yeah
1: and it's, it's exactly like i said earlier i, I had this I, I said this earlier but to be more specific like there was this one moment i don't remember what song we were playing but like pa- over the past couple weeks like i've actually been timid playing piano because i'm like oh like you, the, you know your brain your brain works against you where like you know my anxiety is just like oh you can't do that song you're going to screw it up you're going to screw it up or don't don't do that in your piano solo because that's you're just it's going to sound terrible but like i took a couple risks today in some songs not anything crazy because we didn't really have a lot of songs to do that and but i did something today and it's like i said earlier like there was a part of me this whole time that has just been screaming to come out and i just had this moment where like i just did something and i was like this is easy again like i'm back i'm yeah. back and it, it it you know i've said it a million times librium has helped me get over the physical withdrawal but just the psychological, we talked about me getting on, like, you know, mild antidepressant. I don't think I need that shit. I think I just, I, I think I'm healthy on my own with the lifestyle that I had when I was sober. And I just, I was, this whole time, I so desperately wanted to get back there, but I just didn't know how to without getting physical help with it. So now that that's over, I'm so looking forward to just tomorrow I start my... My survival life again, and I could not be happier and more grateful for you, for my doctor, for, you know, even this podcast, being able to talk it out. And I hope that if, you know, anyone does listen to this, I'm never going to be that person that preaches theirs on a high horse or like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be drinking. That's, you know, I I just to each their own, but
0: to each their own. But I do challenge anybody out there that has alcohol as a regular part of your life. Cause I've been there most of, a lot of my adult life has involved alcohol, most of eggs, And we can both, um, you know, or, you know, we're an example of it. I promise you, it makes you feel better when you get rid of it. So I challenge everybody out there to just try, try to take a f- just a few weeks off. Like I dare you take two weeks off and see how you feel. And if you feel great, maybe take a few more off. And, um, and, and just, also
1: just a side note, if it, if you try it and it is something that I was going through, where your body starts to physically like respond in a very very scary negative way, you should go see a doctor. Oh, about of
0: course, it. don't you? Know, and I, yeah, definitely, because I wouldn't. I'd hate for somebody to just quit cold turkey. I'm gonna have my buddy Will on this podcast. We're gonna talk about alcohol addiction because that's
1: gonna be a good one. It
0: is because he he actually um, had an extreme uh, problem with alcohol where he was waking up. I went. I would go stay with him, and he would wake up in the morning. And, um, and I'd see him making a, a big vodka and Gatorade mixed drink and slamming it to go back to bed because he started shaking. he couldn't even get a whole night's sleep in without consuming alcohol.
1: Yeah, there was one morning uh, I was staying over there in Del- Delray, and it was um, it was early in the morning, and um, I got up for the same reason. I didn't know that Will was up, but um, I came out of the bedroom that we were staying in, and I thought, like, I can just, like, go to the fridge and sneak a beer. And, like, it was weird. Me and Will, like, both kind of came out of our separate bedrooms at the same time. And I was like, hey, he was like, hey, he's like, don't judge me. I just, I have to do this. And I was like, can I join you? Yeah. <laughs> so we had a beer, well, he had a drink drink and I had a beer too. And we were just, we didn't even talk about how messed up that was. We were just like, yes, yeah, it's just kind of. Yeah, and we nice. both just went back to our rooms and went back to bed. <laughs> you were still sleeping, you know. I was, yeah, no, you know, no, but no, it, I it was a moment that we shared. But we both kind of were just like, just. Well,
0: this will is Will's sober now. You've gotten sober. You're getting sober again. But will will quit cold turkey. Um, and and went, got a hotel room and decided just no booze in the hotel room. And the withdrawal was so bad he couldn't even like like go to get booze to try to reverse the the effects oh, of of God, the that's withdrawal. Scary. And he almost died. He went into seizures, and um, is finally I think his uh, his ex-girlfriend and his mother.
1: Well he'll, he'll tell the whole story. Yeah, he'll
0: tell the whole story. We'll have him on. But this one was about Megan. Megan did it. This is this is the uh, you know, the new beginning right here. We're gonna we're gonna we'll we'll catch back up with you and um, you know, a month or so we'll have Megan back on. Probably not even or so, just in a few weeks we'll probably do another one and
1: yeah, Megan hope, will be I'll, on here. I'll be bouncing around the house so I might pop in and out of here every now and then. She'll
0: probably be in here so much that she this won't be a, like I'll have my weekly guest that I do and she'll just be you know, I'll just be throwing hers up just randomly like, Oh, there's another one with him and Megan. So we'll have a bunch of those coming up, but uh, we'll talk more about how everything's going and we'll talk about other things. We like to do one where we just talk about you know, music and stuff, but this one was about addiction. I think it's very important because of the message of my podcast. I don't want people to think that this is just a, um, a completely pro-drug podcast. It's definitely pro-legalization, but it's definitely not. Um, I, I don't think addiction is a good thing. I don't think anybody that relies on a substance um, should think that that's okay and that's just the way you should live. I think that you should definitely try to live without being addicted and rely on any substance no matter what that substance is whether it's xanax cocaine heroin or even alcohol it's it's an addiction is an addiction so we got to talk about this this has been uh, a great conversation here with my wife megan rose let's give her a round of applause she did it
1: thank you i did it today
0: is day four tomorrow's day five and we will be back in touch
1: thank you so much for having me on and for doing this for me
0: thank you for doing all this i love
1: you i love you too right Peace out. Hey, Aaron, do you feel like going to the bar?
0: Definitely. Let's go to the bar. I could really use a break from all this studying. Now I can drink and make one under the table. Got speed in my brains and I feel unstable. I smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. I'm losing my vibe, but that's okay. I got Adderall.